him. Was it for crimes that I have done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith, and I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Well might the sun in darkness hide and shut his full reason. When Christ the mighty maker died, the creature sinned. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw the light, and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith, and I received my sight, and now I am happy all the day. Let's turn back to hymn number 149, hymn number 149, and let's sing out on the first and last verses of Because He Lives. God sent his son, they called him Jesus, he came to love, heal and forgive, he lived and died, to buy my pardon, an empty grave is there to prove my Savior lives. around you this morning and welcome them.
All right. Um, we, uh, this uh, week, um, Thursday, is volleyball. Make sure that you um, tighten those sneakers up and come on. Um, be ready to run around. Uh, we have um, anything else. Make sure that you are um, checking out um, the, the bulletin for anything other things. Is it, um, if we can have the ushers come on. Um, please be and uh, remember um, Brother King. Or should I do, I'm going to do birthdays first, right, Brother Mike? Let me do birthdays first, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, well, come on. Um, and we'll, we'll do our prayer request in just a moment. Do we have any birthdays today, or celebrating birthdays this week? Any anniversaries? Okay. Um, we need to make sure we remember Brother King. Um, Brother Steve Cassidy, he's doing better, but keep continuing in your prayers. Um, pray for the King family, Joey King. His um, nephew passed away in a car accident, so we'll be in, in prayer for them. Um, if Eshers, if you could come on. Brother Pouts, if you would um, pray for us, please. All right, good morning and welcome to Sunday School. We're in Galatians chapter 5. Everyone seems tired based on that response. Actually got a good night of rest, so we'll see how that goes. Galatians chapter 5, um, we were in verses 1 through 6 last week. We'll be starting in verse uh, 7 of Galatians chapter 5 this morning. So as you're turning there, uh, I just, I'm going to do a, kind of a truncated review. I, I usually do a little more than I probably should, but I know there's folks that haven't been, people out of town, people sick and things, which is one of the reasons I go back over it. But uh, we've been talking, uh, teaching through Galatians, and uh, we've, we've uh, learned that the Galatian uh, region or the churches in Galatia had been uh, removed to a false gospel. And they, what they'd done is uh, they'd added works of the law um, as a means of justification uh, as to uh, completion of their salvation or even the ones that were already saved as a means of uh, sanctification um, and, and 
so they're keeping track of what they're doing basically and adhering to these things that uh, that are not necessary, that are not required and making them requirements and, and uh, putting a yoke of bondage, as it says, back upon their necks. So uh, the Apostle Paul, as I said, he's, he, he's gone through and by the time, if you're like me, by the time, uh, and, I've, and I've studied through this and everything, so maybe it, maybe maybe not, but uh, by the time we got, we got to chapter five last week, I was, it's kind of like, how can they not get it at this point? I mean, he's he's listed just about every every possible thing you could think of uh, to to demonstrate that uh, our our salvation is by faith apart from works. I mean, it's very clear. It's very evident. And I think that's the idea that he he was just drilling this in uh, because it had been so clear at one time, and they'd been removed from something uh, so quickly. He said that, uh, that he marveled that they were so soon removed from it. And so I think that he's, he just dumped on them all the teaching that he could possibly, uh, that, that he was brought to his mind by the Holy Spirit, obviously. This is, these things are what the Holy Spirit felt like they wanted to know. And then uh, by proxy, of course, we learn uh, from these things as well. So in Galatians 4, uh, he, he, he kind of finished off by dealing with uh, us, the, the relationship between the, the covenant of the law and the covenant of grace. And he used... Uh, Ishmael and Isaac and, and uh, Sarah and, and Hagar as uh, examples there. Um, and then so we, we got into, as we get into chapter 5 and 6, we're in the last third of, of the epistle here, and we start uh, getting into more practical application and, and things that I think that they needed and that I think that we uh, can use today as well, whether uh, it's that that maybe we've been tempted or kind of moved over, and I don't think anybody has, but I'm just saying that if that's the case or uh, if if there's any uh, way that we could influence others to, to not stray in these ways. And so we get here, uh, we talk about standing fast. So he starts giving them instruction. The, the, the very first thing in chapter 5, verse 1, he says, stand fast, stand fast. And so we're... They, they're clearly, they, they didn't stand fast, and he's trying to restore them back to this position of, hey, stand fast in what you originally were taught. Stand fast in the, in the true gospel and in, in, the, in the promises of, of Scripture and the things that we've already gone through. Um, so so we, this is a, a corrective measure. This is the practical portion of, of this epistle, and I think it's very important. Um, so as we start, I'm going to read uh, verses 7 through 12, and then we'll pray quickly. Uh, verse 7. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded, but he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment whosoever he be. And I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, why do I yet suffer persecution? Then is the offense of the cross ceased. I would they were even cut off which trouble you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness to us and your grace and mercy. I'm sorry to hear about the, the, the family that's hurting now, this lost uh, child. Um, uh, I just ask for your grace and comfort to be upon them. I ask that you would uh, please help as, as I teach this, Lord. I ask that you would uh, use me, um, help me to submit to, to your will in this uh, lesson. I ask that you'd help all of our hearts and minds to be tender toward it and um, that we would be edified and exhorted unto good works that uh, your precious son would be honored and glorified in everything we say and do. And we ask all these things in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. All right, so uh, he starts off here in verse 7. He, he says, 
run well. He's talking about running well. He says he did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? So they were, they were charged first, as we talked about, to stand fast in this liberty that they had been uh, won to by Christ. He, he made us free, and we talked about that last week. So he's telling, he told them to basically stand where you once stood. Get, let's get back. Let's have some restoration. You need to get back to this point. And now they're being reminded of, of the way they used to run. Uh, it, it's the, the, the used to Christians, I think we know a lot of them probably, unfortunately. A lot of them used to probably fill the pews here on Sunday morning. A lot of folks that probably you could think of, maybe you're thinking of right now, that, that used to be here, that, that used to be faithful, that used to believe like we believe and practice like we practice, uh, those, that's always a sad story. And, and it's particularly sad when, when it's not just uh, apathy or it's not just uh, that, that they've just decided not to do things, which is, that's sad in its own right, but it's even, it's almost worse in a sense when they've been won to a false doctrine, when they've when they've, uh, now they're investing all that energy, all that zeal into something that is false and, and, and it's led them astray. And sometimes we wonder how this happens and, and we can see a couple of ways here uh, in this epistle that the Galatians lost what they once had. So we can look here at what affected their run, what affected their run. And we see first that they were hindered. He says, who did hinder you? Um, hinder here actually when I, when I hear this word, I think of gym class in eighth grade, and we used to play pickleball, and uh, the, we had boys' gym and girls' gym, and there was big dividers down the center of the gym, and there was hinges against the wall, and if that pickleball hit the hinge, we'd have to yell out, hinder, and then you, you get to reserve or whatever. But that's really not, that, that's something in the way. But hinder here is actually, it, the, the, the meaning of the root word here is to, to beat back or to check. Uh, it's to hinder and cut into. It's, it's a phrase, that's two words. It's a phrase, it's to impede or detain, to, to hinder or be tedious unto. So it's something that's actually working against you, something that's coming at you, something, something that's, uh, that's, that's checked you, that's hit you. Um, and, and of course, when, you, when, I, when I saw check, I think of hockey. I think, I'm not a hockey fan, I don't watch a lot of it, but if I'm scrolling through, if I see something on YouTube and there's just highlights of people getting checked into, in, into the wall or whatever, I mean, what guy doesn't like to watch that? That's, but... You, you know, you, you can think about it. these guys building up speed and, and, and somebody's, the, the good ones are the ones where the, the people aren't even aware. The guy's not even paying attention. He's looking down the ice at somebody else. I don't know, I don't know the rules of hockey, okay? But they'll just come blazing out of nowhere and just light the guy up and, you know, guys go flipping over. They're, they're throwing them off their back and all kinds of stuff like that. That's what I think of with checking and that's really more what this is, this is implying is that they've been blindsided in some way they've they've been just taken out they've been uh just uh overcome with this force of of the false doctrine that they believe in the idea in in hockey is to uh you stop the, the other player you take him out of the play you you get you distract him or impede him in some way from moving forward or to get into the to the puck as it were and so the the apostles basically asking uh and by the holy spirit of course who checked you who 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 hit you so hard who got you off of your course? How, how did this happen to you? And, and, and if you're the Galatians, after all this teaching, maybe your heart's been softened a little bit and, and you're tender to these things that you've been taught uh, in, in the last uh, four chapters that we've looked at. Um, but they had to be thinking that, you know, they're doing these things. Uh, maybe there was some in, the, in there. Maybe there was, there was a minority or maybe even a majority. I don't know. But there, there may have been some that thought this, this isn't right. This doesn't sound right. This doesn't sound like what we were taught. 
But it seems like, just based on the, the tenor of the, the epistle, that this is a lot of people have fallen into this false doctrine. There's a lot of people that have, that have changed sides. They've been removed to this thing. And so uh, you have to understand the, in the context here and, and, and the way they would be looking at this is that they, they haven't really thought they were doing anything wrong. They, they, don't, they don't see this. And, and, and again, it's just like the hockey player on the ice. He's just doing his thing. He's trying to help his team out. He's doing whatever he thinks is right. And he's not paying attention, and boom, he, gets, he just gets slammed to the ice. And so they, they, they may even be feel. a lot of times when, when people are corrected, though they're, they've, are, they've been blindsided by the false teachers, they've been checked, they've been impeded in some way. Um, the tendency, though, is when you think you've been doing the right thing, even though you've fallen, even though that you're not standing anymore, uh, you tend to get a little defensive about the person that's trying to bring you back into compliance or correction. And so you can see that maybe, that maybe they're starting to bow up a little bit at this, at this uh, admonition to stand fast. Hey, you did run well, which implies that they're not running well anymore. And you can see that maybe they, they would feel something negative about this. So the, the interesting thing about false teaching is that it often makes people feel smarter, more knowledgeable. A lot of false teachers out there, a lot of people that, that get carried away with false doctrine have a lot of degrees and, and titles in front of their names. And they can sway people with that. And if you've ever heard anyone who's believed a false doctrine, and, and I, I'm not even going to name the, some, but uh, people, what, ha, what I've seen happen is people, people get hurt because of correction, or they get hurt because of uh, something that was said inadvertently or something like that, and, and then they start questioning every doctrine that they've ever been taught. And, they, and, and before you know it, uh, they, where they were kind of uh, just one that would just go through the motions before, they didn't have a whole lot of zeal for the true and right things. It's amazing how Satan can work, and he can cause someone that didn't have a whole lot of zeal for the true doctrine, all of a sudden they become these experts on false doctrine. They, 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 they dove so far into false doctrine, they know they've listened to, to this debate and they know these facts and they've got this, this, and this and they know how to answer everything and they've got questions about certain passages of scripture you might point out and you're like, you know, a lot of times you start to talk to these folks and it's like, where did this come from? Why, where did this zeal come from? If you would have had zeal about the first doctrine that you learned, if you would have had zeal about the original doctrine that you were taught, uh, we wouldn't be here right now. You wouldn't be in, in a shipwreck situation that you're in. But, they, but they've, been, they've been carried away with this false doctrine and they feel right about it. They feel good about it. It makes them puffed up and they feel like they, they've learned something and now they're educated and they look down their nose at the, the folks that preached them the, the first truth and, and the Bible truth that they, that, that they originally believed when they got saved, when they got born again. So the, the, these guys wouldn't have felt like they weren't running well they, 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 they thought uh, they were enlightened. They, they probably felt like they were making great strides spiritually. Look, I, all my kids, all my boys are circumcised. All, I, I, I observed this day, and I was the first one in line at this ceremony, and I did this for this festival, and look at the sacrifice that I brought here, uh, all of which is nothing. It's meaningless, but it made them feel good. They, 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 they were puffed up. They, they started to feel really spiritual about things, and if we're not careful, we can get that way too if we're just going through the motions. If it's not about true doctrine, if we're not following Christ 
and in a humble way and understanding, uh, comparing everything that we do, every motive, every act, every, every you know, sacrifice, so to speak, in life that we do, uh, we can become just like this. We can become puffed up. We can deny uh, the, that Christ is our righteousness and, and rely on our own righteousness. We can get there. And that's where the Galatians, no doubt, were. They, they, they were making these strides, attaining a higher spirituality. But, but as, as the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, says, they've been checked. They've had their bell rung. We used to say that a long time ago. I don't hear it much anymore. You had your bell rung. They're, they're seemingly unaware that they have ceased to be effective in the race. They're being asked to think about the source, who who did hinder you? Who was this? What, how could they have this kind of influence? Uh, what are their motives? Think about that. What, what's, what are the motives? Why were they teaching this to you? Uh, where did they come from? How, how does their message differ from what you've heard? And why is it different? Have you really thought about it? Who are they? So this, that's the first thing that, would affect, that affected their, not their run. And the second thing that affected their run is that they were persuadable. You can see it here. In, in verse 8, it says, This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. And persuasion here isn't talking about like one or the other. It's not like uh, he's of this persuasion or that persuasion. The, the word is actually talking about a readiness of mind to be persuaded. They're, they're, their minds are moldable. They're open and receptive to change. No doubt uh, he's referencing the, chapter 1. He, he kind of highlighted this. He, he is marvels that they're so soon removed to this false gospel. In chapter 3, he calls them foolish and asks who bewitched them. It's because they're, they're so easily persuaded. They're, they're so ready of mind and spirit to, to move into something else. And, you know, those who are easily persuaded, we learn about them in, in James 1.8. It's a lack of faith. And, and in J, James 1.8 says they're unstable in all their ways. That's a double-minded man. So they've been willing to hear the other side and to give it consideration we have to be careful about that. Every, every opinion is not valid. Every, every doctrine is not valid. Every, every doctrine does not have enough weight. It doesn't, it does, it's not worth diving into and figuring out the ins and outs of it. It's, it's just not worth it. So they've been willing to hear the other side. Maybe, maybe they relied on their experience. Um, I was in the, in the jail uh, on Tuesday. I had... I had a line of guys, and, and it just happens sometimes where they, they will come and they, they just say just off-the-wall stuff to me. Um, and, and one guy, I had mentioned something about speaking in tongues and how that's no longer for this age, and, all, and it was just an aside. And he, he came to me, and he says, um, well, he, he told me a story, basically, and, and he says, I, I speak very little Spanish. Um, this gentleman right here speaks pretty much nothing but Spanish, and he was in the service as well, and he had the guy with him, and he's like, he was praying in Spanish. I barely speak any Spanish, but all of a sudden I heard him like he was speaking English. He's like, I know what the Bible says about tongues, but what about that? And I said, well, the Bible's the authority on that. The, the Bible, it, it, that is not scriptural. You have to, you, your experience cannot factor in. And so if you're talking about just any doctrine in general, uh, experiences can lead you in a very wrong direction. If you're, if you're relying on experience, hey, I told the gentleman, I can't argue with your experience. I can't refute what you say happened. I'm not going to call you a liar. I don't know. Things are possible. Anything's possible. But it doesn't supersede what the Bible says about any given topic, any given doctrine. 
you have to go to the Bible as your source. That's our sole authority for faith and practice. And so, so whatever your experience may be, you can't let that lead you into a false doctrine that's not in the Bible, that's not in the Word of God. And, and, and that's, that's a big pitfall for a lot of people. They, they have a problem with that because and if you deal with tongues, and I know I've talked about this a little bit before, if you deal with folks that are charismatics and things like that, the first thing they'll say is, well, I saw it happen. Okay, I, I, I don't doubt that you did. I'm not calling you a liar, but a lot of things can happen, but a lot of things aren't, aren't scriptural. It doesn't make it Bible. And so the, the, uh, this is why it's important to be solidly grounded in scripture, because if if you're not, if, if, you, if you're not grounded in what you believe, then it's very easy to get tempted by the flesh and to be moved off of what's true and what's right and get into false doctrine and error. And the Galatians, they weren't grounded. They were unstable. They, they, they were persuadable. They, they were open to other things. They, they, they were, uh, they were qu- able to be quickly moved into these performances of works in the flesh. So that's the second thing that affected their run. The third thing that affected their run is that they let error remain in the camp. Error remain in the camp. Uh, Galatians 5.9, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. And we all know this, that leaven is a type of sin in, in the word of God, especially in the Old Testament. Um, Matthew 16, though, and in Mark 8, Jesus uses leaven to describe false doctrine. In, in uh, 16.12, he says, Then understood they how that he bade them not, be aware, not beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. I mean, doctrine matters. Doctrine's important. We listen to an independent Baptist preacher on, on YouTube, uh, Spencer Smith, and he sells T-shirts that says doctrine matters on it. Doctrine's important. Doctrine is vital uh, to your Christian life. It's, it's important to understand doctrine, to know what the Bible says about any given subject so that you're not swayed and moved into false doctrine. The Pharisees had a lot of bad doctrine, uh, in, in this particular case, he's, he's referring to, uh, in Matthew chapter 16, he's referring to uh, them seeking a sign. The Jews sought a sign. They, they wanted a sign of the, of the Messiah. They wanted a sign of the Christ uh, coming. He, he, they, they were asking and requesting uh, for him to, to give them a sign. And he, he tells them, uh, Jesus tells them, a wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign. And there shall be no sign given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonas, which, of course, is the death, burial, and resurrection. And, and he calls them wicked. And why is that? Why, why would that doctrine be so wicked? Why would, why would things like this be so wicked? Uh, we can see in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 through 24, uh, he, the apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit, is talking about the, the wisdom of God and the, the world by the wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greeks foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. And so, so he, he's saying the preaching of the cross is the principal thing. Preaching of the, the cross, preaching of the Bible is the principal thing. Not your 